Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. Welcome to the GrassCast, a show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Sean. I'm Quab. And today we've got uh, Evan Barnes as our guest. He works at a company called Red Piston, where we all kind of met. Uh, he's a game developer there, which is exciting because I think this is officially our first game developer yeah. on the podcast about games. So yeah welcome evan hey how's it going good good yeah yeah but before um, we get too deep into it uh, we have to uh do what we always do right our, our alternate challenge and this time yeah. i'll try not to quote unquote cheat no no it's fine that's fine you yeah 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 you sean <laughs> okay uh, okay you good you ready i'm good okay okay one two two three, three. paper paper <laughs> what is happening <laughs> it's hard it's hard to uh, we got no cues okay okay ready? okay we're gonna say one mississauga two mississauga three mississauga okay i don't know how it's gonna make it easier but sure okay, okay all right ready yeah okay one one mississauga, one mississauga two, mississauga, two mississauga, mississauga, mississauga three mississauga rock one mississauga two rock paper <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's fine it's, you're cheating yeah, anyway we don't have time for this it's fine okay okay yeah. evan what's up well over <laughs> do you have do you have suggestions for a better game that we yeah. can play you have the most game design knowledge of all of us how could we make this work in an audio format it used to work but i think the delay is... like app out there right that you could just join in do a paper scissor rock through it <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you know what? We could build that. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Honestly, can build it and spend hours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. No, like, yeah, that'd be great. I always like to try to learn to do something simple. Uh, if you're like learning a new technology, and that would be pretty cool. Um, all right, we've already got a great suggestion. <laughs> all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, so we've got like a standard set of questions that we like to ask, but obviously we veer off from time to time. Just keeps us on on track. But um, first thing we like to know is like, what's something interesting about you that people might not just normally know? Um, just a quirk or something funny related to the show, not related, whatever you want. Um. Hmm. <laughs> and if you got nothing we can move on yeah totally fine uh, yeah no i i don't know like <laughs> it's a weird question to start with i guess yeah right? yeah yeah you gotta fine. ease into those things um, yeah. okay well you can think about it but like we can maybe talk about like uh where you are now how you got there like that might be uh make more sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, so... we rarely do that <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I uh, first got into games just, you know, playing on the Xbox, loving games in general. I uh, did a few computer games and stuff, but mostly I'd say a console um, was where I preferred. Um, and I was always really fascinated by the graphics, um, visuals of games like back in the day, Halo 1 and stuff like that. Just mind blowing, right? Um, things like Assassin's Creed were just fascinating to me. Um, so I got into 3D modeling, got into a little bit of design work, stuff like that. Um, and then someone just mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm going to programming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, looked into it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, by this point, all I pretty much did was like MySpace, HTML. I don't know if you guys ever did that, um, where I kind of, you know, played around with your MySpace page, did some really custom designs and features and whatever. 
Um, so that was really the extent nice. of my program before I went to college for specifically game programming. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I've always been fascinated with math and physics and stuff like that. Uh, so that helped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been doing games you know, out of college and then I got hired with Red Piston. Uh, me and Sean worked on a couple of games, uh, like the Dave and Chuck the Freak game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. I've done a couple other stuff for PBS and kids shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, nowadays games kind of seem to be a lot more competitive. Um, so we don't do as many games as we used to, uh, which I'm okay with. I always like to learn new things. Um, I'm not, you know, so, so stuck on, I have to develop games the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of tools, platform type things, um, utilities, uh, websites, any of that type of stuff. So I kind of just, uh, all around developer, I guess you could say. Um, and then the last couple of years, I've been teaching um, uh, user interface and uh, user experience at St. Clair College. Uh, that's been something oh, new yeah. that I kind of took on where, you know, it kind of goes back to my origins with liking, you know, graphics and visuals and things like that. Um, so I find it really fascinating. It has like psychology behind it. So it's just a little bit, you know, makes you think about how to design programs better for users, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember, yeah, you were just starting probably the last time we talked that you were starting, uh, teaching. Yeah. So I did it for three years. I actually took this year off just cause of COVID. Um, I'm expecting our second child as well in a month. Second child. Oh man. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so yeah, it was just such a hectic, um, semester as I said, well, you know, with COVID and everything going on as well. So I was just like, okay, I'll take a year off. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something I really enjoyed and definitely want to get back into. Right. That's cool. And do you find like you saying that now you're not working on as many games and stuff, but do you find that like your experience with games sort of informs these different experiences or? I mean, yeah, it's all kind of combined in a way. I wouldn't say necessarily, you know, my experience with games is a direct mm-hmm. correlation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely like, you know, you focus on gameplay and it's obviously important, but then you never really focus on certain things like the menu systems or stuff like that. Right. So I definitely, it makes a big difference, right. When you're playing just a game that has, you know, some good quality features, I guess you could say, um, where it's just all around great user experience. Right. Yeah, for sure. That Hmm. I could see that coming into play there. Um, but yeah, in terms of even like motivating students, uh, has like, I don't know, any of your experience with like incentivizing people with like games or in-app purchases, like, uh, come into play because I'm always interested in like mixing um, kind of game psychology with just like overall motivation in different places. Um, I don't know if that would ever come up, but <laughs> uh, there's been a few times I've talked about games like as a reference for you know how to work on user experience. Um, I'd say for the most part, I did stick with a lot of tools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, input fields, things like that, that make things easier. Um, I, I can't think of offhand any examples, but I definitely have used games as examples. Yeah, that's fair. Cause yeah, I, I have a vague memory of like a little bit of looking into like what you were doing when we were working at the same company. And it just seemed like there was so much more you'd have to do as a game developer in terms of just like basic UI stuff, like, uh, oh. building like text boxes and labels and stuff. You didn't, it, yeah. As opposed to like, I don't know, iOS or um, something where you get like a whole package of these elements that do a lot of stuff for you. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a, def- a different way of looking at 
games and building games. So do you remember the first game you ever played or at least the first game that had like had an impact on you that like doesn't, um, doesn't have to be a video yeah. game, any game. <laughs> yeah, like I remember again, the yeah. Sega Genesis when I was a kid, I think that would have been my first console. Um, I did have actually it was like a old Windows DOS type machine. It had a couple, you know, those uh, three quarter inch or whatever they're called floppy disks. Oh, yeah. The yeah, bigger yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So it ran on those type of things. Um, so I did play those a little bit, but I'd say the Sega Genesis with Sonic. Um, I think it was like a Sonic 2 package. Uh, so I played that nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, that was definitely like the first game that I fell in love with, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I've, I never owned um, PlayStation, so I always stuck to like the uh, Microsoft side of things, so the Xboxes and things like that. Um, so as I said, you know, Halo is always a big one. Um, this is obviously as I'm getting a little bit older too. But uh, yeah, and then nowadays, uh, pretty much everything's on my phone. Yep. <laughs> I barely even have time for console games, yeah, uh, but I do play a lot of uh, right. phones, uh, iPhone games. Hmm. So what was the the last or most recent game that you played, assumably on your phone? Um, yeah, so I'm definitely addicted to this game called uh, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. Oh. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or played it. I played Plants vs. Zombies. I don't know about Heroes, so how does that differ? Okay, so Heroes is quite a bit different. So I played Plants vs. Zombies as well, which is a great game on its own. Um, but Heroes is actually like a card game. Okay. Um, and I'm definitely a card game type person. Like I used to play, you know, magic cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon Ooh. cards back when they were popular. Mm-hmm. Um, like I even love like Euchre and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So cards and strategy and stuff like that has always been like, you know, on the top of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the heroes, it's, um, I never even played the game. It's like Hearthstone or Heathstone yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Hearthstone. Yeah. A lot of people game. say it's kind of like a rip off of that. <laughs> it's funny that I've never actually yeah. played the original one. Okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm told it's quite a bit like that, but uh, yeah, I love it. Just the strategy behind it and everything like that. Yeah, I put a lot of hours into Hearthstone, and now I'm interested in this one. So I'll let you know how how much of a ripoff it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, they uh, the developers stopped developing it for um, a little while. Oh. Uh, I think like two years they kind of just stopped. So I'm hoping they come up with a new one. Um, okay. So yeah, it's kind of getting the uh, outdated side of things, but. Mm. I think there's a lot of competition there. I think those are like called deck building games or something like hard. Yeah. And- yeah. And that, that's the whole point of it. Right. Yeah. So it's all free. It's all um, you can always do in that purchasing and, you know, you basically buy booster packs like if you would in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I pretty much have all the cards and stuff like that nowadays. I haven't really spent any money on it. Um, so just from okay. constant playing. <laughs> they definitely get you addicted to it because <laughs> they have like daily achievements and daily goals. So you're constantly yeah. like, oh, I got to, you know, like every 12 hours it resets or whatever it is. Um, I mean, it probably resets more often than that, but I obviously try to limit how much I play. So yeah, I wake up in the morning, I'll play a couple of games and then I have you know a few hours for that uh, daily thing to reset. So then I can play mm-hmm. again in the afternoon type of thing. Um, yeah, they definitely get you addicted. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, Hearthstone has the same mechanic, and that's what keeps me coming back. It's like, okay, I do my daily, get a few coins, and like, yeah, just keep it going kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a book called Hook that we should probably mm. read, uh, but I think it's all about the psychological tricks, specifically in products mm-hmm. and yeah. apps. Um, yeah, where you want it to become a habit, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want people just to automatically open your app uh, and spend time yeah. there, so... Yeah, I don't know if that's good or evil, but... It's <laughs> yeah, it definitely can be evil, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if but, I do, keep, yeah. keep, keep it coming back. 
which is what yeah and that is type of stuff that i would talk about with the ux thing because you you know retention is a big part yeah. of how to get an app um you know popular or usable or whatever yeah. um yeah cool so cool. um and that was uh, interesting about the the magic cards i didn't know you were into card games and stuff like that we could have been playing magic the whole time we were at red piston dance right <laughs> yeah i still have mine somewhere i couldn't even tell you where they are yeah. Um, I never had like, you know, the best cards. I, I'm always very cheap, so I don't like yeah. to spend a lot of money. So, you know, oh, I would get a couple of cards here and there, but I wouldn't, you know, spend my entire allowance I or whatever on cards. I used to uh, take my old shitty magic cards, print out the cards that I wanted and glue them onto my, <laughs> onto my deck so I could play with a decent deck. And my friends hated that, but I'm like, what am I going to do? Go out and spend like 50 bucks on each card? No way. That, that's dedication there. I'll give you that. <laughs> that's funny i don't i don't know what that Wait, is what? Wait, how much work did you put into that like in terms of like getting it the was size an correct, project. Or... You just right? like, yeah they, they, uh-huh. they cut the, the cards when you print them they're pretty much the same size as what the actual card is just, just a matter of cutting it out gluing it on and then have like those sleeve protector things to keep them all together and put them in yeah a little factory going but yeah it was fun yeah Oh my god, that's wild! I don't know. If, I don't know how I would respond to that. I, I I didn't play Magic all that much, but yeah, I it's funny though. Like just to see how the it's way, it's way more fun when you have like a, a deck that's like designed to like not just random cards. Like you have a good like well designed deck, and usually those can cost up to like hundred, two hundred dollars for yeah, right, yeah, deck, right. So it's not it's not worth the money. It's it's way more fun to just make them and play, right? So yeah. That's anyway. interesting because now I'm wondering like an open source uh, deck building mm-hmm. game, like, <laughs> or maybe oh, you yeah. just have the concepts and you print them out. But, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just to see like, oh, I'll never afford this card, but what <laughs> if it was in my deck? Right. Uh, how would the game? Tra- That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean, yeah, you have the white box. Have you ever opened that thing? What was it? It was like a Kickstarter <laughs> for game board game. Yeah, I, I have opened it. I don't think I've ever touched it. Um, but it's it's cool. Like, yeah, Evan, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's this thing called the white box and it's like, yeah, it kind of walks you through like how to make your own game and just like the methodology and all that stuff. So it's kind of cool little tool set, but I have never touched it. I should really get on doing that. Yeah, I should make my own game. That would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, it sounds like a great idea. And I could right. see myself doing the same thing where I buy it and I just never get around to really making up rules and whatever right i don't know this part with a lot of that stuff is getting other people to know all your rules right like anytime i buy a new game it takes a while for my Mm -hmm. friends to adjust to being like okay let's take the time to learn a new game um they always want to stick to the ones that you know right yeah it's yeah i mean like so sean and me have been like uh, kind of involved with this board game night where there's a guy who a couple people who just have like a crap ton of board games and like every time you go you could potentially play a new one uh but it is like they have to be kind of interested enough to keep teaching the rules like every night if one new person right comes. um which uh which i mean they're happy to do but i, I i'm thinking for myself that might get old <laughs> <laughs> and well and you notice that there's like certain mechanics that go through like the popular ones like yeah. are in each game like there's meeples usually in each like crafting type game or there's I don't know. There's just different components that seem to translate. So like you learn it once and you kind of like, know. okay, it's almost like programming. Like, okay, yeah. I know this, how this works and it, it appears right. somewhere else. So um, I find the easiest thing is always play like yeah, a fun game where there's no like, you know, mm-hmm. like seriousness to it. And everybody just kind of 
gets let learns it the mm. way like walk through it kind of thing and then by the second game you're mm. pretty much good to go yeah yeah right something that's easy to run through and then you'd be like okay i get it and yeah just play it again. yeah i definitely uh, play a lot of Catan. um there's a few other games that i play okay. board mm. games wise um carcassonne's pretty cool too i don't know if you guys played that one yeah that was oh yeah oh yeah yeah. after risk like my old roommates it was um risk which was not a game you should play with (laughs) Um, and then carcassonne and like carcassonne was like my first i don't is that that's not even like a i don't know a euro game or whatever but it's like from europe Mm. but it was like the first like kind of fancy board game i played (laughs) (laughs) that made me feel like an adult (laughs) yeah personally i can't play risk i find it just takes way too long i don't know what it is but it's it's just Mm. too slow for my liking Mm yeah and it's it's yeah it's it's pretty brutal uh have you heard of risk legacy that's like legendary on this podcast where it's multiple risk games so like maybe eight total all All at the same time (laughs) yeah it's like like a campaign like you play a risk game then something oh okay gotcha no i've never heard of it yeah sounds like a nightmare (laughs) it sounds like you hate risk really hate it yeah 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 all right um so would you consider yourself a gamer and like how do you feel about the title of of gamer and gaming culture um i would consider myself a gamer but like not the stereotypical ones that you know like play all the time or whatever like definitely casual um you know the reason why i play on my iphone because like Mm -hmm. the type of games are like are hyper casual games where it's just kind of you know play a few Mm -hmm. minutes here and there as i said i never really have time to just sit at the couch play the xbox um the biggest reason why every time i turn my xbox on it needs a new update or a new game thing to download so then i wait an hour and i get bored and then i forget and then a week later it's repeat you know um so yeah yeah, like i I definitely enjoy games life gets in the way quite a bit um i mean that's an excuse always too right like you can always make the time if you really wanted to play games that badly but uh right yeah but it's fair. It's like there's yeah, life does get in the way, and it's like there's other things you could be spending your time right. on. So I don't know. Yeah, but I think I think like you said, like being a, a casual gamer, I think is still as credible as just someone who plays World of Warcraft for eight hours a day. I think you know it's just however you can make time for right. it in your life, right? It's just whatever is convenient for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. I mean, I think we got a kind of sense of it, but how how else do you think like games have influenced or impacted your life besides? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna say besides like you know my career and money and <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> do you see it? Do you see it translating in any other other aspects of your life? Like, do you go to the grocery store and be like, okay, I'm gonna do this in like ten minutes? I get five points. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Coupons. <laughs> no, not really. Like, you know, I'm constantly walking around and saying, like, oh, I can improve this with an, an app or idea or whatever. Like, an AR experience mm, would really right. improve the shopping trip. Um, things like yeah. that, right? So, <laughs> there's lots of little things, which half the time I never actually build anything, right? Um, so, it's just like the yeah. thought of building mm-hmm. is one thing. Um, yeah. But right. uh, yeah, I wouldn't say too much. Like, I, I've been getting to Arduino a little bit more. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever touched Whoa. Arduino um i haven't that's cool um yeah talk talk yeah so basically if you don't know what it is it's this little you know microcontroller type thing that you can program onto kind of brings digital stuff to real world world hardware uh whether it's led lights um done some bluetooth type stuff um 
you know, switches, motors, things like that. Pretty basic stuff. Like I would never, I wouldn't say I'm an expert Arduino guy yet, uh, but I definitely like to play with it. And that's kind of where it comes into real world things where you're like, you know, like, oh, I want this like light thing to do this pattern. You can't just buy it off the shelf sometimes, mm-hmm. but it, you really can. If you know how to program easily, um, I think that's the uneasy enough project just to kind of hook up. Um, haven't electrocuted myself or anything like that yet. <laughs> uh, I, like, you know, obviously the software is my strong side, so it's the hardware and the electrical side that I'm still learning quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just the other day, so we're having some, all right, we, so we have a new one on the way, but we have a two-year-old as well. Um, he's going through some sleep regression where he's waking up constantly throughout the night. So I was like, oh, it'd be kind of nice oh. to have a light in his room. Not, not necessarily a clock because he can't read the time, right? Uh, but a light that just kind of says like, you know, if it's red or something like that, like stay asleep, like don't get up because, you know, he doesn't know what time it is in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when it goes green, he's like, oh, okay, it's time to get up and now he can wake us up or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if it would actually work, but it's something that we've been talking about, uh, me and my wife, that, uh, you know, I'll probably build, you know, this weekend or something like that. It shouldn't take more than a couple hours to build, you know, a prototype. Um, but yeah, so it's basically uh-huh. just a clock. It might, it might have the adverse... <laughs> I was just thinking, it might have the adverse effect of like when he starts to drive and he comes to a red light. <laughs> <laughs> that's a possibility, I guess. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh... No, that, that's I think cool, like what I'm talking about, yeah, I think exists on the market. I haven't really done that much research, but I mean, I could pay $50 yeah. to do it, or I could just use Arduino parts that I already have and, you know, a couple hours mm-hmm. and then I can say, you know, I built it, right? It's fun. Yeah, it's like right. a game in itself, like, right? Yeah, 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 that's that's what we like to hear. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Like that's the thing. Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, speaking on your kids, um, I think you're technically the second, uh, third parent we've had okay. on the show. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, like, well, I, they might be too young to have, to have this kind of impact, but do you find that games are a useful motivator? Yeah. Well, remember, I only have one right now. So they definitely haven't had any inter- interactions with games yet. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, no. So Grayson, my two-year-old, uh, loves the iPad. I mean, obviously, you don't want to give him tons of screen time. Yeah. Um, but right. there's a lot of times where I'd rather him be on the iPad than watching TV. Because, like, you know, kids' shows can be educational, too. But the iPad is right. just so much more interactive. You can see some things that he's doing. Like, he's spelling letters mm-hmm. and numbers and things like that already. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely tell, like you know, he's, he can function an iPad probably better than my mom can. Right. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's pretty like fun to watch him and also see how he interacts with things like colors and all that type of stuff. I mean, I'm sure he learns colors without an iPad, but I feel like there's been a few games he's played that probably, um, you know, sped that up a little bit or help, you know, reinforce it. Um, yeah. So he's addicted to train. So he plays like a Thomas, a train engine game that, you know, has all these little mini, interactions that he has to learn how to do and fix things or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah there's a couple of games that he plays that are definitely educational yeah um and i heard that he's a spiral fan so yes yeah um he does play spiral a lot so i bought him a paw patrol game well i didn't buy it. i got it for christmas mm-hmm. um for him <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah so it's a paw patrol game and he's like no i want to play spyro <laughs> just addicted to spyro all he does is run around and kill frogs and sheep he doesn't really do much um but you know he's the thumbstick's very hard for him um yeah, okay. he knows what he wants to do but he doesn't fully get the thumbstick but he gets here and there with it um but you know he, he knows how to jump and what jumping does and he knows what button does the fire wow. um, right so it's just like you know how spyro 
you can run around a little bit here and there, but eventually you need to like do some strategic jumping and running off cliffs and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. he's nowhere close to doing any of that. Um, but yeah, he definitely, he like, I can't play Xbox around him because he right away is like, no, it's my turn. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Okay. So this spirals on the Xbox. Uh, yeah. So it's the new, they came up with like a th- trilogy thing where it's all three oh, of the original okay. games okay. Um, on the Xbox now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I yeah I do wonder about that because I mean when we were kids it was NES and SNES controllers right. and they seem like kid sized but I feel like an hmm. Xbox controller for a two year old like that's hmm, that's gonna take some work with like the two analog sticks and right yeah yeah that's yeah I was thinking of that too like we I think all of us here kind of got raised at the point where first introduction to games you get a a little numpad was like yep. up is up down is down but now you're you're given a joystick and it doesn't seem as intuitive right off the yeah. bat so that's interesting and there the d-pad works on it. i've tried to say like hey just use the d-pad but he wants to use the thumbstick because right. that's what i use and yeah he watches yeah. it right yeah right right no i mean by the time yeah like he's gonna have the mind link games you know like in the future <laughs> yeah it's like yeah true, right? has a different function and it's like directly linked <laughs> to his spinal cord and <laughs> it'll be funny. Yeah. it's gonna be really good i mean that's that's why like he's gonna have like when he wants to like basically vr um at, at you know at his fingertips or, mm-hmm. head or whatever um but yeah it's just weird to think about like your first gaming experience is just diving into virtual reality and augmented reality and things like that so that's gonna it's gonna be very interesting how he how the hell he adapts to that yeah yeah yeah, because like you know, you look at a two-year-old now, how fast they adapt to an iPad, right? So right. it's like down the road, how much more are they going to be, you know, advanced to a lot of this technology that you know we're eventually going to be those old parents that can't oh, yeah. use a device, right? I already so, am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, my all the struggling family. just to get on this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, technology. What a what a trip. <laughs> yeah. What a so did you have a lot of um, land parties growing up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, um, no, yeah, we still have the question, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, so my one friend um, lived in Windsor um, from like the Amherstburg side of things. So we'd all we'd have about 10 of us, I'd say, get together in a room, all using tube TVs, um, you know, hooking oh. up multiple routers, playing uh, Halo 2 was a big one, Halo 3, uh, Gears of War 1 was huge. That was one of my favorite games um, on the Xbox um so yeah we played a lot of those games and we just play you know from after school so say like six o'clock at night till like mm-hmm. two in the morning three in the morning and just <laughs> not stop play yeah wow wow you had cool parents <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah a lot of the times we play online right? but land was for sure fun too right yeah i think that's something that uh you know like the younger generations are going to start missing out on is like having having that necessity to have to get together and like you know connect and have land parties and stuff it was a was a great experience growing up so yeah uh brett hayes i know he was on the show earlier um uh, he was yeah. always in the the group of friends that would play land parties and stuff nice. oh okay yeah. okay okay that's a cool connection um do you have a favorite land party moment that you can think of um like some kind of epic win or fail or something that was oh it's been so long now right because i'm talking i guess like 15 years ago um, yeah. So my memories are washed. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, not one specific moment or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, you know, back in the day, it was always fun to chirp people and get people all upset mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then when you're playing so much of the same game, you 
can tend mm-hmm. to get the same groups of people back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always fun when you had like some type of like rivalry for two or three oh, games. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, they're very competitive. <laughs> that's okay that's interesting yeah because like it being in person versus now where it's like a 13 year old uh screaming ethnic slurs at other people like, <laughs> where if you're actually chirping in person and the person can actually physically get to you that i have way more respect for chirping in person <laughs> right yeah well i think it's a lot friendlier than, yeah yeah than what you would true, do online, right? yeah, true. Yeah. and then I, I think there'd be lo- at least some level of like affection and love with the chirping right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah, the way his basement was set up, it was like a like a living room kind of area, and then his bedroom was like a, basically another living room. Mm-hmm. So we actually had each team, you know, in separate rooms and everything too. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So we could actually like you know whisper to each other like, oh, they're you know they're up by the helicopter or whatever, yeah, right. without them actually knowing stuff, right? Yeah. Hmm. And then hear them yell from the other room when you do something. Yeah, cool. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something you don't get online, but that's something that's. Well, I wonder, I wonder if like esports, if like that would spur mm. young, like kids today yeah. to at least get together or not. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. I guess there's that. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. But do you follow, do you follow a lot of esports at all? No, um, not really. Like, uh, I, I don't know if it's just a time thing or maybe it's just. Like, I, I like watching people play. Like, I have no problem just, like, if you were like, oh, I want to play a game, like, cool. I'll watch you play this mm-hmm. game for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if I don't know the game. Like, I'd rather watch somebody and, like, experience the game than trying to figure all the controls midway through the campaign or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it's not really something. I actually just signed up for Twitch for the first time ever, oh, like, okay. a week ago. Um, okay. I've yet to watch, like, any <laughs> um, streams. But, uh, yeah, like, I've just... I, I'm just slow on the uh, getting into those things, I guess. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it or not, but. The Let's Plays, yeah, it's, I don't know. The only the only ones I really enjoy are any of the ones where people are playing, like, VR horror games. <laughs> there's some sort of, like, okay. clarity to that. <laughs> right. Otherwise, yeah, I just, I also don't really get the appeal. I, I like a Let's Play. Like, um, again, I haven't had a console for years, so I've, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's been probably months <laughs> since I've watched one. Uh, but just to like see a game that I will never invest in playing, kind of like Sean and your magic cards. Uh, but <laughs> I just want to get a taste and like see it. But uh, yeah, me actually playing right. it isn't that important. Uh. <laughs> so what kind of games do you usually gravitate towards or generally like? It sounds like, I mean, we've talked about a few of them, but is there any like specific genre type of game that you really like? Um, yeah, like I, I'd say it's really an umbrella because I said I like strategy games, um, which mm-hmm. card games kind of fall into that. But I still like first person or third person shooters mm-hmm. here and there. Like I'm not a Call of Duty fan for some reason, just never got into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say I hated it or anything like that, but there's just right. no appeal. Yeah, um, like mm-hmm. like what I would always tell people because it'll be like, oh, how do you like Halo but not Call of Duty? Mm-hmm. I find Halo just more fascinating with like you know it's aliens, it's fun. Yeah. With the needler mm-hmm. gun is mm-hmm. like a whole new level of type of guns. Um, just right. kind of getting away from the realistic side of what yeah. Call of Duty is. Yeah. Um, right. So I think that's why I don't really like it. Um, and also graphics, like when Gears of War first came out, mm-hmm. it was just mind blowing what that engine can do, right? Um, mm-hmm. When I looked at Call of Duty, I was like, man, it kind of looks like you know it's been developed two years ago um <laughs> so i think that has part of the appeal whether the gameplay is great or not um sometimes mm-hmm. the graphic pulls me in too um i could definitely right. say what 
uh, genres I hate. <laughs> uh, my uh, one roommate would play Oblivion nonstop, and I just hated watching him play that game. It was just like it would take forever and just be like you know roaming around for hours the graphics i thought were horrible even though it's won like awards and stuff i'm like i don't get it right, right. so many little yeah. glitches here and there i get it. it's a giant ass map that i don't know i'll just swear sorry a giant map that like you know they can't you know do all these crazy you know niche like make sure everything's perfect i get yeah. that but right. it just kind of bothered me a lot of these little glitches and he would always laugh at me because you would know i get annoyed <laughs> interesting um yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you on that like i think now that we're in the, the realm of online i i think that the appeal of like a standalone like open world role-playing game that you can only play with yourself just feels not worth investing the time or energy into when you can just go online and kind of get the same experience so yeah yeah i never got into world of warcraft or anything but i no, no. I think I played like a demo or something of it, and I was like, "Man, I'm bored," and I just kind of <laughs> moved on. So nothing, nothing against the game. I get, you know, obviously there's yeah. a lot of piece, reason why people love the game. It's just yeah. those are the type of genres right. I'd say I don't get into. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I think with like I haven't played World of Warcraft. I, somebody gave me like the CDs to install it, like, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this will take over my life. Um, so I don't want to even mess with that. But it has that right. Effect. Yeah. I think yeah. that's part of it too. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's so much to do in this game. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is interesting. Cause I was like thinking, I, I feel like there is like kind of deck building kind of elements, but again, I haven't played it where like you get the right armor or, and that's kind of like, if that was a really cool card, but maybe it's not the same. Um, like, I think, in terms yeah, of I get what you're saying. I think it does kind of that. Like, obviously you have certain armor for certain enemies and stuff. I, I think. Yeah. Um, so kind of, but I think it's not as direct. Like the strategies for card games is very like crystal clear, I think, mm-hmm. for some things, right? Okay, yeah. The I don't know. They're clear. Whereas yeah. World of Warcraft, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think it's more just a general upgrade with a slight add of strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think I think the strategy doesn't really get into effect when until you like really they're called raids or, or dungeons or things like that where you get with a group of people and i know every boss that you have to fight there's always a strategy like like run over here and when there's a red arrow on you go over here and like so it's like it's that what kind of bugs me yeah it's, it's like a predefined strategy it's like you have to just know the fight uh, before you get into it kind of thing okay. right that makes sense. Um, but yeah i think you just appeal is like the the tasky nature of like okay go kill five things come back and you get a prize and it's like that over and over and over again and it's so just like easy to do and repetitive that it's like you're just constantly like accomplishing things and that's what kind of keeps you coming back for more i think Uh, right so but yeah it's yeah it can get addictive for sure do you have a favorite game of all time something that like would be a desert island game you're stuck on a desert island you only get one game um do i have wi-fi <laughs> do I have connection i mean yeah, yeah. no take out all whatever the, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, whatever I, magic you need to make the game work it works yeah i'd have to say the plants for zombies game because you know i downloaded it probably about five years ago now and i'm still playing it mm-hmm. daily so wow. i mean wow. yeah that's a, a big chunk of my life um and as i said gears of war if i'm gonna go console gears of war would have been like the first one would have been it um just love the campaign love the uh online multiplayer things like that 
Um, but I like I like so many games and so many different types of games. And you know, we even talked about board games and card games. So like, I like those all just as equally in its own way, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, is, there, is there a certain aspect about games that just or, or what what a game can something a game can have that kind of turns you off? Like we talked about a few of them. Is, is there something specific like that you're like, okay, no, I don't want to play this type of game because X. Um. Yeah, like Fortnite, I never really got into, um, okay. mostly because it had no campaign, and I kind of wanted like experiment mm-hmm. with the game. Like, I think there's a campaign now, but this is probably a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so, kind of like the idea of like experimenting, getting comfortable with it. Like, you know, campaigns kind of teach you things while you're learning the game, right? Like going back to the UX experience, where like you don't want to just jump into a hard boss battle the first time you play. Right. Um, you want to, you know, get through the level, learn new tricks, learn new strategies. Where Fortnite, like, you know, there's a whole building concept and I'm trying to build and getting shot at. So I literally just wasted, you know, 10 rounds just trying to learn the controls. Um, So, like, eventually I started getting the hang of it, but then all these other people I'm playing against are just building 10 times faster than me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just kind of, I felt it just, you know, it's a good game. I don't think I wouldn't say I don't like it. Um, But when I play, I just stick to, like, shooting, collecting guns and stuff. Like, I just completely scrapped the side of building. But like yeah, you know, to get right. good at the game, you can't do that, right? You can't, you know, take half right. of the concept of the game out. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one. Um, obviously, you know, ones with tons of ads. <laughs> you know, like I hate um, ads or like you know, there's a couple of games I've downloaded that had the downloadable content the first day. I down like bought it, and it's just frustrating to say like, okay, it's already you know you got to pay five ninety nine for this new map pack and things like that, mm-hmm. like paywalls, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh. for sure. Yeah, I think uh, like you're saying, like the games that don't, for lack of a better term, like hold your hand and kind of walk you through the basics, like one step at a time. I was, yeah, I always have a trouble with those games where they just throw you in and expect you to know everything, or yeah. you know, like that. Yeah, that makes yeah, me wonder. Like, walk through fun, right? Like it's uh, okay. Mm-hmm. More so like a tutorial, but not like a boring tutorial where you're actually. Like, you know, <laughs> press this button and press this button but just like a smart tutorial where you actually have to um Mm -hmm. learn as you're going kind of thing yeah okay that's really cool because yeah i'm thinking of yeah that's like the ux whole thing of onboarding but without letting the person know that you're onboarding them and that exactly yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i can see that with a campaign i mean i haven't played a zelda game but my understanding of them is like you get it's just like you learn new mechanics as you play, right? And it just right. goes with the story. Right. Um, yeah, okay. I've kind of I've, I've heard that argument about um, Mario. How it has mm. like, a, like the original Mario has a really good walkthrough, but it doesn't specifically spell it out. Yeah, and it lets you reset fast until you learn it. So you get to the first thing. You got to learn how to jump, or else you fall into a pit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it like slowly teaches you how to jump, how to break blocks, what comes out of blocks right. without too many bad guys all at once, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Without text, it is the right way to make games realistically. Like, you want Mm -hmm. people to feel like it's somewhat hard, but then it's kind of slowly progressing. Uh, Mm -hmm. They want to still be able to beat it without, you know, feeling like it's too easy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I I think we've talked about this on the show before, but um, now, now that you're on the show, it's it's appropriate to um, like uh, talk about like my few 
instances of actually helping to develop games. The one that you mentioned was Dave and Chuck the Freak. And I was fortunate enough to help you like do like some of the level design on that. And it was re- a really interesting experience, like making like the level, setting up the blocks and little things and thinking like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm making like a pretty easy level, but it gets challenging and stuff. And then giving it to a person and they can't even get past like the first block just being like, wow, yeah. like my expectations were so far from what I thought yeah. they needed to be. It was really interesting. Yeah, that was a struggle with that game because like the, that's a problem when you're a developer of it. You know the mechanics so well that when you're building levels, you're like, oh, this level I'm flying through, whatever. Maybe I'll add a couple more blocks to make it harder. And then as you said, you pass it over to the person next to you. And they're like, they can't get past the first block, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, I remember actually taking that game, um, I think after, like, so we put a bunch of analytics in it. I don't know if you knew this, Sean, I, I put a bunch of analytics mm-hmm. in it. So I was able to see what levels people are really getting stuck on. Um, mm-hmm. So I went back and actually redid probably about, uh, I don't know, say 15 levels. Um, all that really stood out where people were quitting the game because they got stuck at that mm-hmm. level. Uh, so I also did that with a few other games. I don't know if you worked on that Polish Blast game that we made, the Match 3 mm-hmm. style game. Right. Uh, so same thing, right? So with the analytics, they kind of teach us where people are stopped playing and we're like, okay, well, we want them to continue playing, not get stuck at this one level. So you go back mm-hmm. in and kind of tweak the level just slightly enough that it makes it uh, more enjoyable. Well, you still want it hard, right? You want people to feel like they overcome a challenge, mm-hmm. um, but you don't want it to be the point where they're just so frustrated they quit and now you lost your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, it's interesting you bring up match three. I was going to ask you about that because I know we've, we've worked on a couple of those and I know you've worked on a couple on the side. It seems like the, I even have it as one of my topics here, the match three phenomenon. And I said, like, why do you think like, and for those who don't maybe know, like a match three, something like, uh, Bejeweled, Bejeweled was the one from that's the, like the classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. candy crush was the big candy one. crush. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Um, but why do you think like match three or have become like such a popular uh, type of games? Um, kind of like we were just talking about like with Mario where it's, it's simple to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's also like, you know, it's hard to master type of thing. Like mm-hmm. once you get into those higher levels in Candy Crush, like you kind of need to know what you're doing. You're not relying on luck. You're not, you know, just kind of flicking one candy and just say like, okay, hopefully it does this cascading thing. Like you need to strategize, you need to plan um so there's a lot of strategy going into it for you to actually be good at it right Mm. um but like my appeal to it for sure is the hyper casual side of it where i can pick it up play two games put it down 10 minutes later and uh Mm -hmm. you know i had fun i'm not to the point where i'm you know spending all this time doing extra work or whatever right like it's just in and out yeah right um so uh Kind of, I've also kind of interested, like maybe you have some insight into this. Like, where do you like kind of see games going in the next, like, I don't know, five to ten years, if you can even extrapolate that far? Like, how do you how do you kind of see games evolving from here? Like, what do you see as maybe the bigger trends? Kind yeah. Of well, I mean, I think AR and VR are still. It's surprising on how it's not as wide use as it mm-hmm. could be. Um, I don't personally own like an Oculus or anything like that. Mm. Um, the, one of the co-founders at Red Piston, you know, that's his thing for sure. He downloads or downloads, buys all the, um, you know, the headsets and plays around with them, um, really gets into them. Um, so I've definitely demoed them through him. Um, so they're really cool. I love them. Like they're 
they are game changing, right? Um, but they're def they're not in the masses. Like you don't go to somebody's house and be like they have an Xbox. They don't have an Oculus, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously it's taking a little bit of time for people to kind of switch over to that. Um, actually, I remember Sean, you bought the original. Was it from straight from Kickstarter, right? The Oculus, right? That's what uh, I remember. Yeah, that. I got the, the dev kit, the Oculus dev kit. Yeah, yeah. so that thing sucked. <laughs> cool as it was, I remember like yeah. right away thinking like this is not ready for mainstream yet. Like it was, um, right. it kind of made me feel a little bit sick, kind of going back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I forget some of the issues with it. I just felt like it wasn't like. I don't know. Do we use a yeah. mouse? Do we have controllers? I don't even remember. Uh, no, it didn't have any controllers. I think, it got, yeah, got walking really was scary. a big problem because, like, yeah, you're like using the arrow keys or something like that while you're mm-hmm. have the headset mm-hmm. on. Um, so yeah, but like the latest, um, so the Oculus Quest, I believe, is the latest one I played, um, where it has mm-hmm. like you can physically see the controllers through um, your AR experience, right? I don't know how familiar mm-hmm. you guys are with, with the Oculus. But basically, yeah, you can yeah. see your hands, right? Yeah, the two um, controllers. So that's like a huge change yeah. where it just kind of like it puts you into that world without thinking the whole time what's outside of my world, right? Okay. Like, does the quest force yourself? Yeah. So you can can you see your hands without like special special controllers? Like, do they are they kind of figuring uh, out where your hands are? Or, no, or do you I need the controller? Don't remember actually. I think okay. that one. I I don't know. Uh, the quest 2 i'm pretty sure has controllers mm-hmm. but yeah i think there um, is there one that one. does just your hands but i can't think of yeah, what yeah. Was. okay okay yeah there is one that i think it uses like the leapfrog or something can detect your hands which is yeah. pretty cool but oh yeah so um, i went to uh a conference once and played with the magic leap and that was a really oh, cool experience right. too and that was yeah. all with your oh, sorry, hands. The, it doesn't use controller yeah so now they've they, there's a I forget which one, but one of the VR headsets now just takes the magic leap, puts it right in there, and you can see your hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, I've got, I was talking previously on the show, I've got the Valve Index, which is like now like top of the line VR that you can get. Got it once the pandemic started because I figured I'm stuck inside. So better make uh, better uh, good use of it. And it is like very mind blowing. I think what you, um, I think the still the, the problem that I have with it is like, um, like i mean you you can now walk around the room a little bit like it's got camera sensors so you can kind of like make full use of whatever space that you're in and kind of move around but you still if you want to move large distances they've got these just like little hacky ways to like move around it's usually like hold down on a controller and like you see this thing kind of project out and wherever it like lands that's where you end up so you're kind of like teleporting from place to place right yeah so you're still kind of limited on, on how you can move and stuff but it's like it's so immersive that I was, I was saying previously like once i come out of it because the controllers even have finger sensors you can see your different fingers move and stuff so it's oh, okay. like totally immersive yeah and when i come out of it i get this weird especially when i'm working with my phone for some reason i get this super weird out of body experience like i'm looking at myself third person and it's very weird and trippy but yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I, I yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think I think VR is like it's there, but it, it hasn't like peaked mainstream, and I don't know if it will or not. Like mm-hmm. the, the same thing happened with um, the 3D monitors. Like that was a really cool concept. It came out, and then it just fizzled because I guess nobody. Right. No, I, nobody think, I think I think this is slightly different though, because um, like yeah, I feel like the 3D was just gimmicky. Um, yeah. I, had, I had a TV that did it, not so much a monitor. 
And like, it was kind of cool. You had to wear your glasses and have like, mine was a, the active one. So you had to charge the glasses oh, or their level of complex. And I think like a hundred dollars for a pair. So you can have like a whole family just sit there and watch, right? You had to pay a lot of money uh, to do that. Yeah, right. um, and then, yeah, darken the room. It just wasn't an ideal experience mm-hmm. where I think mm-hmm. like, this isn't really a fad. I think it is here to stay. Um, but I, I just think, yeah, like it, it does more than games, right? When it really comes down to it, like there's so many different things that you can do. You can, you know, do, um, uh, teaching and stuff like that, like training. Um, yeah. so you work for a company instead of working on the actual machine, you could technically do all the training right in a VR experience, um, where yeah. you can't actually screw anything up. Right. Um, mm-hmm. things like that. Like, I can't see how that wouldn't be useful down the road. You just have to wait for these companies right. to adapt to all that. Um, and yeah. same with AR, right? Like we've already look at, um, like IKEA and Wayfair and all that. They have that thing where you can put furniture in your house, right? So oh, I online and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, actually, Red Piston built a tool as well for a local right. company that did yeah. that. Um, but basically you yeah. put, uh, furniture in your room, you can, you know, it puts it to scale and everything. So you, before you purchase online, right. you can see exactly how it looks like that's sure. kind of huge, especially, you know, now with COVID everything's online, you can't physically mm-hmm. go to stores. So yeah. little things like that. And like, it's, that's pretty well used, I think. <laughs> um, but, right. but you're going to see a lot more of that, I think too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're saying, I think it has more applications outside of just games. I think the games fuel it, but then all of a sudden people are like, Oh, I can do this. I can right. do that with it. Where you can't yeah. really do that with 3d monitors necessarily yeah. with more gimmick. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that the whole like the AR still feels a little stagnant. Like I I knew like Google Glass had their thing, but that seems like it's dead in the water, and it's like it just feels like it's there, but it's it's not being pursued as much. But you yeah. know, hopefully that would be a cool thing. But um, yeah, just like anything, you know, things are getting smaller, lighter, uh, more battery, cheaper. right? Yeah. Cheaper, yeah. So it's just a combination of all that, and then I think once it just hits, like something's gonna hit first that really pushes it to the new level and i think it's just gonna you know exponentially go bigger mm. but who knows right yeah, yeah. it's always hard to predict yeah yeah you know flappy bird would be such a yeah be such a hit when it was and, and like uh, another thing we didn't really touch on is like voice command type stuff i don't know about you guys but like i have google home everywhere oh, uh, okay. fire sticks and i use alexa for everything now um, half the time when I use my phone, I'll just talk to Siri. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I think like voice commands are right now, I think we're, you know, kind of on that rise for it. Um, they're so See, cheap, right? Like a Google yeah, Home, 30 bucks had, nowadays. Geez, yeah, that's interesting. I've had the complete opposite experience <laughs> with that because I've, I've had access to it. I put it around yeah. the house and we, we had it maybe for a few weeks and then we just got sick of it and disconnected all of it because really? like, it, it always felt like, it was more of a hassle than it was worth. Sometimes mm. the voice commands weren't translating properly. And yeah, I just had a totally opposite experience. So it's interesting that mm. you're having a good experience with that. So that's, I mean, it has its quirks. I wouldn't say it's perfect yet, but I think it's right. getting there. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just paranoid, so I don't have any of them. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, do you have any of the, like, the security concerns that it's always listening? And things nah, like that? I'm not worried about it. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're definitely listening. I'm not saying they're not, um, no, no, but right. I don't, I don't feel like I'm targeted um, specifically mm. where I'm going to, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I'm that important. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think I know, like, I know it probably wouldn't come 
like if I said something, I don't think it would come back to personally get me, but I think it's more for me, like feeding the machine that's going to, you know, the, the terminators, uh, <laughs> of the future, they're going to know how to mimic my voice too much. Um, uh, maybe right. I can live another, another five seconds if I don't have a Google home in my house. <laughs> <laughs> also thing too, like you got all this machine learning and stuff probably going on in the background that yep. like every time you talk to it, it's getting better and better. You think, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about that, uh, industry, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm like half joking, but it's the cost benefit to me of like, I'm helping this giant corporation get better at maybe doing mm. horrible things. So if they do less horrible <laughs> things, maybe I'll get one. <laughs> right. I mean, should we stop using Google? Should we yeah, stop? exactly. Like, what am I going to do? I, I yeah, yeah. It's a, lot, it's a lot to navigate. Yeah. But yeah, definitely going back to, you know, the user experience, like for our TV, mm-hmm. it has um, like the fire stick we use on it. I could go through, you know, a bunch of things like, you know, click the Netflix button, then scroll mm-hmm. to find the uh, recently viewed or even just, you know, find like search or whatever. And then you have to type in all the letters where right now I have the Alexa button. I literally just click it, say, play whatever. And then it's just pops up instantly. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. why go through five steps if I can go through one step? See, that's the, that's the experience I had. I had the fight. I had the Amazon fire cube, I think. And, okay. um, we were trying to watch the show The Tick, and it was from just off to okay, turn this on and watch The Tick. <clears throat> it would, I think, I don't forget what happened exactly. Like it wasn't going to the program, so I had to do that manually. Then it would, then it would be on the program. Okay, watch The Tick, and it was bringing back like the old version of The Tick. I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, I don't want that. I want the new version. So it'd be like select the second one on the menu, and it would right. screw that one up. Like it was like so many steps were screwing up that I'm like fuck it i'll just do it manually so yeah see for me right now maybe it's an update it actually just shows you all the options like at christmas time we want to watch the christmas we would just say show me christmas movies and it would show me a whole mm-hmm. bunch but if i say like play paw patrol um you know it show you the four different paw patrols that are available so it wouldn't just start playing it instantly but it would still save me all that time of searching hmm. yeah interesting yeah i I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll get better, and uh, yeah, I don't know if that means yeah, good, good for humanity or worse <laughs> for humanity. So, but so you guys have never it. experimented with HomeKit or uh, any of those things where you know you say, "Hey Google, I'm home," and it just does fifty different things in your house. No. no. How, how how far have you gotten with that? Like not you that. have a whole like. Okay. Not very far. I'm not going to lie, but I have a few okay. things where like, yeah, I have like a switch on the outside that can turn on, um, you know, a couple outlet things that will just turn on, you know, the lamps and stuff in the house. Yeah. Um, I have, I haven't gone far with it, but I definitely think that, you know, that's kind of the future too. Like, I, it's it makes cool. it easy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, we do like have this, um, smart life app and it uh we use like the smart plugs which is kind of nice because then you can have a bit, a bit more direct control over different plugs in the house and things like that mm-hmm. from your phone mm-hmm. so I, I do like that i still i just don't incorporate that with voice and everything maybe it's because i just have a fear of like okay i'm gonna set all this stuff up an update's gonna happen wipe it all out and then i have to do it again so i'm like Why <laughs> i'm kind of of that mindset but yeah um, uh, yeah sometimes they take a little bit longer to do like that's the one thing that's frustrating with um, a lot of them. There's no um, physical interface to work with. So a lot of times you're uh, sending it through voice and stuff. So it's not necessarily the easiest. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's getting better. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. But yeah. I, yeah. It seems like with all the competition, maybe like a one app that has everything that you can see might be useful in the future. But I don't know. 
having all those companies agree <laughs> might be did tricky. you see like a pure voice controlled game coming out like oh. something like that being appealing um yeah, there was that one game where you had to like shout and it was like a chicken running or something like that right do you guys remember that game or heard of it no, no. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. it was called like screaming chicken i couldn't i can't remember um <laughs> right but yeah you literally just would scream and that would make it jump so it was like a platformer type game uh, <laughs> That's a nice so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily count. No, no. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I, you told me that. I did not know that existed. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think it just uses, like, the decibels for the, yeah. the microphone. Not That'd be a really easy. <laughs> I think if nothing else, it would make some pretty good videos. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Sean said that I started thinking, like, uh, and I just listened to a podcast on, like, um, like kind of deep fakes and stuff and like mm-hmm. having i don't know maybe a narrative game with like a siri mm. type uh well something better than siri but something that can understand your speech and then there's there are like even rpgs that are ai driven so you can just say like uh enter this door or kill that uh, dragon and it will like automatically spin up like text for you but like it just put like a text-to-speech thing on top of that and like you're talking on a phone i don't know how fun that would be because i don't know i don't really talk to people on the phone so talking to a robot on the phone for a game I yeah don't know how fun that interesting would be. yeah um i know the one problem with connect um like when it came out for the xbox was like the latency of it right where mm-hmm. they tried to come up with some really cool like rpg type games or not sorry rpg uh like first person shooters and whatever and like the whole thing was based on like you'd say reload and reload or you do the the physical um action but it had that slight delay that was just enough for it to not be successful because people want to just hit the x button to make it instant right so i think it depends on how you cater it like because like a strategy game like a car playing game or something like that it doesn't Mm -hmm. need the latency like it doesn't matter when it comes to that um Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely a possibility with games with voice, but it needs to be the right kind of thing. I know right now I can actually say, "Hey Google, play um, a game," and there's like trivia games that you can actually play with your friends and stuff. Like that. Uh, yeah, okay, trivia. Yeah. So I've done a few of that where we're just bored and we're like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" I'm like, "Hey Google, play a game," and like we actually will hmm. sit around like after dinner type of thing and play a couple games on Google. Oh, cool. did not know that existed. Yeah, it's all trivia. Yeah, like first, uh, like. Uh, um, multiple question type answers or stuff like that right yeah yeah hmm. that's cool um okay may have to give my google home another try <laughs> and play some yeah. plants for zombies yeah 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 so yeah let them, let them know that um but yeah i think that was pretty well played. yeah it was a very well played episode man uh yeah it was right. good talking yeah, thanks for having me guys i know we talked about getting on a show for a while now and uh, yeah probably over a year yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> And I mean, I think to your credit, I didn't mention this previously, but a little bit, I think um, you made the show possible mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it was it was you that kind of like once I left Red Piston and, and Quab started working there, you kind of kept the, the group alive oh, yeah. and meet up and, and do lunch meetups, yeah. which is how I met Quab. Yeah. And then. Oh, you guys never so worked together? Show. No, we never worked. No. I took Sean. I didn't know that. Oh, right, right. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. you kind of helped us meet and, and now this show exists so thank you for that <laughs> you're welcome guys <laughs> yeah no and, yeah i mean no that was actually really valuable like you yeah. like spearheading like keeping those kind of meetings together just like and mm-hmm. i i mean i seem like a personable guy but like i it was really nice to like um i don't know it was just very welcoming uh coming to red piston mm-hmm. and like having people who are 
um yeah just chill and cool and would want to go out for lunch mm-hmm. and stuff so but yeah that, and that was and how what i wouldn't give to just go and grab a oh with you guys. oh man, I know, right <laughs> oh god all right it's getting yeah. sad we gotta we gotta end it. <laughs> <laughs> the things you take for granted right for sure, yeah, for sure. well played